0: Good morning, gardenia, and the rest of the world. Welcome to Adam versus the Man podcast. Today will be hosted by yours truly, Ed Valleo. Adam happens to be in transit on his way back to Freedom Ranch, and I can't wait to see him. I really can. I've been here taking care of the animals and kittens and all kinds of stuff and cleaning up and taking care of whatnot we had we had rain we've had hail i mean a lot of rain a lot of rain had several inches one night several inches the next night we had the the road was wiped out we couldn't get into town couldn't it had took a couple of days for it to drive out dry out and uh, man life is great it really is today's show is going to be about you listeners, you the commenters, you people out there, you hopefully you're going to participate in the show. We're going to have Jim Freedom in a little bit here. He's going to put the link up where you can click on the link and come on the show and you get to interact with me, talk to me, and we'll discuss the news. We'll discuss what's on your mind. We'll discuss what's important with you. We'll, we'll, we'll kibitz, Okay. We'll have a great time today. I'd like to start the show with a bit of literature that I feel is pretty important. And if you haven't heard this or read this, I think it's something worthy. Right now is an amazing time to be alive. The human experience is as rich and delightful as ever, and every day carries the promise of a better world. Not everyone sees it that way, but on the whole, team people is doing very well. We've come a long way, and that's something worth taking a step back to appreciate. But the current path is not sustainable. Governments are transferring more wealth than ever from the poor to the rich. We are rapidly approaching a point where we must adapt or perish. The short view of history tempts pessimism. We might see the recent steps backward as the triumph of evil over good, or at least a turn towards mutual annihilation. They are merely the steps backward in a long progression of one step backward and two steps forward. A truly free society does not exist just because we have been convinced we are free. A truly free society cannot exist When we have been so thoroughly propagandized as to define freedom in terms of government-granted privilege rather than as a universal moral principle however a free society is inevitable inevitable because the global paradigm is shifting as we learn how to better assert our right of self-ownership we all know life is better with freedom And our own individual experiences don't mean nearly as much without the ability to assert our will, rather than having our choices limited by force. Many of us today still experience lives dominated by the edicts of others. Many still live under the threat of death from war. While some are doing relatively well and enjoying a great deal of personal wealth and autonomy, many are not even those who are doing well are living in a less vibrant and robust environment due to violations of individual freedom around the world any justified act of violence or threat of violence between individuals represents a violation of someone's freedom let me read that again okay any unjustified act of violence or threat of violence between individuals represents a violation of someone's freedom. The great illusion of the current paradigm of statism is that governments achieve a worthwhile reduction of violence. Governments are the greatest cause of violence in the world today. They are coercive monopolies with only an illusion of public support. Everything they do is based on presumed right to point guns at people who are acting peacefully. Many of us are dependent on government, and because it takes on a large role in society, one can claim that anyone, that everyone benefits to some degree. This doesn't mean the benefits justify the cost, and the vast majority of us experience a net loss due to government. Even if we are convinced that most people have a net gain from government, we can always do better without using violence." Last paragraph, freedom is the ability to exercise your will within your rights without the threat of force from anyone else. Did you get that? Did you get that? Freedom is the ability to exercise your will within your rights without the threat of force from anyone else. It's really that simple. Thank you, Adam, for writing that. It's really that simple. You own yourself. (laughs) No one can claim even partial ownership over you without violating your rights. By abolishing statism, we will achieve a world free of miserable victims and miserable victimizers. We will create a world in which all relations are free of force and coercion. We will see each other as partners in the human experience, united in our desire to live free and realize our potential. We are destined to build a society based on respect and cooperation. This is the introduction from the book Freedom, written by Adam Kokesh, the man who hosts this podcast daily. If you would like a copy of this book, if you haven't read it, you don't know about it or whatever, contact us here, Adam at the Freedom, the com, and at the Freedom Light. Don, Freedomline.com, Joey at the Freedomline, any of us at the freedomline.com, we'll get you this book. We'll get it in your hands. You like it well enough, get a bunch of them. Get them out to everybody else. You know, Adam got a chance where he had somebody that really liked this book enough that they gave him enough money. He printed out enough books and gave one to every resident of New Orleans, Louisiana, a whole city. Everybody in the whole city got a book and you know what I'm gonna take it on as a personal project later on either the end of this year next year sometime I, I'm I want to go and walk around with the book wave it around and say hey did anybody read it have you read this did you read it did you get one did you read it what did you think about it I'm gonna do a man on the street thing for Adam I'm go I'm gonna go there I'm gonna take a trip specifically there to go and talk to the people that got this book in their hands and see what kind of impact it made on them because I'll tell you what, made an impact on me. It did. I mean, you see this, this logo, and it's on everywhere and everything. This is why. Because of this book here. This book here has a lot of basic information that most people don't even think of. It doesn't blaze across their cortex one bit. But it's critical to their own well-being. Okay? Okay. That said, I'm going to put Jim on here to start with our production notes, and then we're going to get right into our audience. Jim?
1: What's going on? Good show so far. Look, I have my own copy. I added a little sticker. <laughs> am I free to go? <laughs> That's on my copy of uh, of Freedom. I actually have a bunch of copies of Freedom. I, I am soon one time uh let me get you back up here while i tell this story one it was a couple years ago at one of the events where adam was touring um and he was literally uh he had he had his uh uh, i think he was in a suburban or something at the time way overloaded with books it was like during the beginning parts of the tour and uh we were talking i had already read the book i was telling him how much i loved it and i was telling him i wanted to give it away to people and the guy gives me a box of them it Had a hundred books in it. <laughs> he was like, here, give them away. Bob. absolutely, you know, he goes, you seem like a great individual that would know, you know, who would receive this message grill and all that stuff. So I got uh, a, a collection here. I probably have like 20 left out of the hundred he gave me, you know, but I, I've been planning on going and doing uh, a man on the street type video right here in downtown Tempe or downtown Phoenix or one of the local cities around here and just sitting there with a bunch of the books, kind of like you were saying, holding it up and just offering it to people and engaging in a beginning conversation about it, you know, maybe read them a quote or two from it, you know, just to pique their interest and, and, and just to do it for something to do. I don't know. Cause I got to find a way to get rid of these 20 books I got left out of it's, the
0: hundred. <laughs> it's real simple. You get you a wooden box, right? And you write soap on the outside of the box. Okay, make sure when it's upright, it says soap on the side so that when you turn it upside down, it says soap upside down and you stand on the box. Okay, this is an old thing from back before my time when people would take and stand on a soap box and they would say stuff or whatever or evangelize or whatever. You take a soap box down downtown Tempe, the corner of Mill and University, you put the soap box down and you get up on it and you just start reading the book. Just start reading it out loud, okay? Yeah. Don't take, don't pay no attention to anybody unless somebody stops. Hey, what are you reading? You give them one and keep reading. Yeah. And just hand them out and keep reading. That's all you got to do. The words speak for themselves. Yeah,
1: and you'd be surprised how many people will be walking by right as you're reading a sentence that catches their eye, that catches yeah. their ear. You know what I mean? Freedom is this and that and this and that, and it makes somebody go like, oh, no shit. That makes more sense than I, but you know, it like smacks them in the face with reality. Some of these quotes out of the book, you know, if you catch them walking by, that sparks their interest just enough. That's a cool idea. I like that yep. uh, here in Bifidum for two bucks on YouTube. Did you hear about that potential general strike?
0: Yeah. Uh, I heard a little bit of a, a potential general strike of everybody's not going to work until they change things. I mean, that's, that's the way you make change. I know know?
1: DoorDashers are planning on striking on Saturday. So if you're ordering DoorDash, if you order DoorDash and you're ordering on Saturday, it might take a little while to get your order because all all the online groups of DoorDashers are all talking about striking on Saturday because DoorDash is, you know, I don't know. That's a a double-edged sword, man, because that's kind of crazy. Because, like, I think about it, like, Door, all although dashers are complaining that uh, that they don't get paid enough. You know what I mean? They're, they got right. $2.50 minimum, $2.50 and some people don't tip. So the dashers won't accept those orders because there's no tip involved in 250 is too cheap for them, you know? And uh, they were talking about in California, they passed a law or a Proposition 202, they call it. And it has something to do with gig workers basically. And it, it protects companies from requiring, uh, it basically allows DoorDash to keep all of their people as independent contractors and not make them employees so they don't have to give them insurance and all that other crap. You know what I mean? But the point of my story is they're going online about, uh, about DoorDash and not paying their people. And, and I looked into it, DoorDash and Uber Eats and, uh, one of the other ones, Postmates or something, they spent $200 million campaigning to pass prop 202 just in california you know what i mean imagine if they took that 200 million dollars and paid their dashers a little bit more you know what i mean nobody would, nobody would be complaining about anything you know? <laughs> yeah yeah that's
0: that's you know. too that's too easy and simple of an answer right you know? right. but but
1: i'm just thinking about it if, if companies that big are spending hundreds of millions of dollars to pass a legislation then i guarantee you that legislation isn't to help the 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 employees it's to make the top people richer that's all it's the only point they spend 200 million dollars so that the people at the very top of their companies can make 400 million more (laughs) you know what i mean or whatever it's i don't know it's mind-blowing bullshit anyways (laughs) moving on that's enough of DoorDash.
0: There are many corporations out there that care about their employees a, a great a great degree. Uh, Home Depot is one of them. My wife has been working for Home Depot for 26 years, and she's just getting ready to retire. And I've seen all kinds of things go through when the COVID nineteen uh, panic You know, it's not a, a planned pandemic. It's a planning They planned it anyway. When that hit. They didn't spend a lot of money on legislation to change things. They threw a lot of money at their employees. I was, I was personally, I was astounded at the lengths they went to to make their employees feel comfortable and happy with being with a, a critical infrastructure corporation. Right. How, much,
1: how much money, how much uh, government theft was used to give to Home Depot to pay those employees? So are you sure that it was actually Home Depot that did that for their employees? Or did the Home Depot say, hey, thanks, government, for that stolen money of yours that we can use to, to, to give our employees so they won't quit on us during this
0: pandemic? All I know is money filtered to the employees in vast quantities. I mean... There, were t- there was times where she came home with her paycheck and there would be a couple of gift cards in the paycheck. One of them, were, one of them was $50 for uh, um, um, uh, one of the restaurants, the one that's an uh, old country-time restaurant. What is it? What's it called? Uh, I can't think of it. Brain fart. A $50 gift card to to a restaurant and there was a $50 gift card to um, uh, Red Lobster, and the one time there was a $100 just a a debit card with an extra $100 on it. You know, this is for you for whatever you need. They had, before it hit, they had uh, a lockdown where nobody could have any overtime. There was no overtime allowed for any employees for at least the Arizona stores I know of. Right? I don't know about the rest of the stores, but in Arizona, there was no overtime. You couldn't work overtime. If you put in overtime, they would cut your hours to equal it out so that you would come out with just the 40 hours. Okay, When the COVID-19 hit, they said, you know what? We're going to lift the restriction on overtime, and you can work all the hours <coughs> overtime you want. Go ahead. Go for it. My wife canceled her two-week vacation and worked straight through it because she made so much money in overtime, it was really worth it. it really was. So, she, there are companies out there that care. There are companies out there that are raping everybody and everything just to line their pockets. We know, but we don't know which ones are which because we can't trust the media that's trying to, you know, investigate and report and tell us what this stuff is. They, they're They're telling us what they're paid to tell us.
1: My philosophy is if the name of the store is a household name, if you know the name of the store, there's a high likelihood that the, that the top brass are greedy fucks that are screwing over the employees one way or another, even if they're, they're rich enough to be able to hand down a bunch of perks to make them look really good. That's only because they're making a hundred times as much, you know what I mean? So through some other unethical means like, taking money, taking stolen money from the government, stuff like that. You always have to ask where the money comes from, you know. Just because a boss showers you with money, where did he get that money is an important question still to ask, you know what I mean? I think, I don't know. We ain't got no callers yet. What's going on with this? I put the link in there. I told people to call in. I'm going to put it again and again right now. Just as we're talking right now, that. Thing that just popped up in your chat feed that's a link that you can call in the show, and you can even go like this. You can be like, Look at me, I'm an audio caller because I'm camera shy, or I'm in my pajamas, or I uh, my house is dirty. You can just click the stop cam before you get brought up on stage and be an audio caller. So, so do that. Yeah, 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 do that. Let's see what people have been. I we've been ignoring the comments.
0: No, I'm gonna get to them,
1: I'm gonna Uh, get to uh, them as soon as I'm done with all of our regular stuff. Okay, well, let me knock out the promos real quick and then you can move Please. on and continue. We'll get to the contest. Please do, do Okay, welcome to the show, everybody. T.me forward slash Adam versus Amanda. Unfortunately, today has this many links in it for the today's show because we're running, we're winging it like crazy on today's show. Today's a customer or a, a viewer-oriented show. That's why we're encouraging people to call in. We're gonna go over all of your comments, <laughs> etc. So Uh, I don't know why I'm sharing those. Those are the end of show promos when I just do the text, but for now, we're going to tell you about patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. Different levels you can support the show one, five, and even ten, even fifty dollars a month are the different packages. Ten dollars a month gets you access to a private producers club. We tell you all the time that's where we share links with each other. It's a group chat 24 hours a day. Uh, so if you want to be a part of the show, patreon.com, ten bucks a month to get you access to everything you need next we go to instagram at the garden of freedom that's where you can see all kinds of pictures and videos of beautiful life up there in gardenia so if you're curious or you want to watch the animals grow there's baby pictures of Thelma and Luis in here and there's bigger pictures of them right here you can watch all the animals grow and the cats at instagram at the garden of freedom very awesome page to follow so definitely make sure you're there Uh, Next, HomefrontBattleBuddies.com, the best nonprofit organization, uh, gathering veterans around around the country and uh, bringing them together to work together for alternative healing therapies. Any donations that you send to HomefrontBattleBuddies.com is tax theft deductible, so definitely take advantage of that. Next, we go to TheCrypto6.com. I know you've heard about the Keen, the, the Keen the Bitcoin church that was raided in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, If you haven't, the Crypto6.com will tell you all about it. There's one minute video here to let you know what happened. These crypto uh, these are cryptocurrency QR codes that you can donate cryptocurrencies to their legal funds to help them out. And most importantly, this button on top has uh, the address to the jail where you can write to Mr. Nobody who's still sitting in a cage, unfortunately. Uh, You know, if you were sitting in a cage for an unjust crime, you would appreciate getting random mail from random people supporting you. So do that for Mr. Nobody. Next, GoGreenEnergyOnline.com, the best website we send people to to learn about micro wind energy, solar power energy, zero energy homes. If you're looking to go off grid, even if you live in the city, you can do it yourself and you can learn how at GoGreenEnergyOnline.com. Okay, that's all I got for promos. Welcome back to the show, Ed. And hope you have a good one you all right back well, up anytime if you need somebody just to have a, a side
0: opinion or whatever wait don't go away yet don't go away oh, yet okay. we have to have our covid vitamins.
1: oh watch out okay yeah i don't know what i was playing a
0: song buddy play a
1: song hold on i pushed the wrong button
0: <laughs> oh we pushed the wrong button ladies and gentlemen well i got a button right here i'm gonna push
1: DO double G. <laughs> so okay, I feel much better. I think all the COVID is gone. <coughs> tell you what, Jack Error kicks ass. It does. I got, I got my pen too. I could have joined you in that. Oh, right here.
0: <laughs> Bam. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. I don't mean to cough on you. <laughs> I don't know what I'm on here. Let me find
1: out what I got.
0: But those pens get intense, like.
1: Yeah, they do. Mine's called Green Crack. It's a high oh, wow. A Look WTF out, MTF strain. Green, Green Crack.
0: That's wow. brown. Right. It's Flavorful. One of the reasons I want to keep you up here for right now is I'm going to go through every single comment that comes across the wire on today's show, good, okay. bad, or otherwise. And we're going to start off with Rock Landstone saying, Ola, is Steve going to be on today? Rock, (coughs) Tuesday Tuesday is Steve's day. Tuesday is Steve's day. So So there you go. Now you know. You're a Steve fan. Come back Tuesday. Now
1: you
0: know. Now you know. All right. Next, you know more about this next one than I do. It says, I quit listening to this douche when he made the secret way to get DMT on the net out. Then it got shut down. He was bragging about getting it through the mail on YouTube and gave away all the info. I don't know who this mini bike mafia guy is, but calling Adam a douche for doing something is kind of fucked up to start with. But, you know, when you let information out, everybody gains. Now, if you think he let secret information out, you're a fucking douche, man. Okay? Because it wasn't secret to start with. He's just letting more people know about what was out there, okay? And uh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you all about DMT right now, okay? You call me a douche if you want to, but I'm telling you, dimethyltryptamine is extracted from the parotid glands behind the eyes of Bufo alvarius, the California river toad. If you want some free DMT, you springtime comes when those frogs start mating. You go on down to the river between Arizona and Colorado and you start catching you some frogs and you massage the parotid gland behind the eyes. It will excrete a white milky substance that you can collect up into a Petri dish. Now, once you put it into the dish, you set it out and let it evaporate. When everything evaporates from it, be careful because there is what's called Bufatine, the thing in licking frogs in their skin that makes you sick. Yes, licking frogs can get you high, but it'll make you sick because they have Bufatine, which is toxic to us humans, in their skin. If you let the milk that comes from behind the parotid glands behind their eyes, you let that milk you let it evaporate out, you will find little crystals... In the powder that is left if you take the crystals out the crystals are pure Dimethyltryptamine or DMT You can take these crystals be careful on the amount a little at a time just to start so that you know how much to take Baby steps crawl before you walk. Okay. I read Terrence McKenna's review in uh, Psychedelic Psychedelic magazine. I heard I read his review on dimethyltryptamine and this was in the 70s okay and he said it was like an lsd or lysergic acid diethylamide trip but he said that it, within 30 minutes you would go up to the peak and you would stay at the peak of this high or whatever effect it was giving you it was like acid and it would go until the end of it you would come back down to where you were you wouldn't go back lower than you were. You wouldn't have any lasting uh, after effects. You wouldn't have hangovers, nothing like that. It was clean. It was wonderful. And it opened worlds for you, for the individual. So that's what I know about dimethyltryptamine or DMT. So Mini Bike Mafia, who knows, let's say. Mateo says, ha, (laughs) let's see, Uh, Adam Kugel, you you put out the link. Put the link up there again for us. Uh, Yeah, there we go. That's the link for anybody who wants to get in on the show and talk to us and say, "Hey, what's going on?" D. Vincent W. D. V- Hello, listening. Hey, D. B. W. This guy, or girl, this person, pretty cool. Rockland Stone. Uh, like what happened on the sixth? Um, yeah, that's what I was reading out of out of the book when he was talking about like what happened on the sixth. When he's talking about what happened on the sixth, what did happen on the sixth? Uh, Jim, from your perspective, what do you think happened on the 6th of January in Washington, D.C.?
1: Oh, boy. That's a loaded question. Uh, Yeah. I think that there was a bunch of people there, a bunch of Trump supporters uh, there, and they were all just kind of doing what Trump supporters do, which is going out and waving their flag and pretending everything is hunky-dory as long as Trump was president, which is completely retarded to me. But... They were all doing their thing being trumpies and doing that and and at some point from what i understand okay i i did see videos on the ground i did the same thing as Aunt uh, ant was talking about with the snapchats where you can see the map and you can see different feeds that are going on right then i saw the feeds of officers one literally moved one of the barricade gates and another officer waved the crowd over to get closer to the building. So it, it's I don't I don't know. Well let's put it that way. Front, on front and center, I don't know. It's possible that the that some of the officers were part of the MAGA crowd and they had this ulterior motive, you know what I mean, that they wanted to see the crowd get in and do this and see what would happen or whatever. Who knows? But long story short they were they were kind of like coaxed into, hey, look, just get a little bit closer, you know, you guys are in the right here and it kind of and then and then it got to a point where they got in and, and it got a little bit too crazy so that they could pick from all the different camera angles and sell the story they're selling now. I mean, when I watched that uh I watched a portion of the cops testimony on that uh, commission thing the day they did on the six, and the cop was just I mean, they played, they played a two minute video of some of the, and it was all from this cop's body cam footage, you know, and that was the, that was the first time I saw the footage that made it look like there was a little bit of, uh, I don't, violence, I guess, going on. You know what I mean? Like the, like just, they showed the clips of the body cam footage where they were at a doorway And there was a couple of cops behind their shields and their faces are all pressed up hard and the cops are saying, push them back. And the Trump supporters are saying, push them forward. You know, so it looks in that moment like, yeah, the people are fucking attacking the government. The government is doing everything they can to hold them out. And it's such an intense situation, you know, but 30 minutes before that, you know what I mean? Everything was fine. And it was the Capitol Police that ushered them closer. You know what I mean? To get in. So it's like they started them rushing in and then they started stopping them so that they could sell this whole thing. And to me, the whole narrative boils down to they sold a story right now. And in the general low information voters mind right now, they feel like. Well, now we know what happens if we tried to overthrow the government. Now we know what happens if we tried to just crowd as a group and take over a government building. We wouldn't get away with it. They would eventually disperse us and the FBI would come get us up to a year later, you know, and all this stuff they're doing, like going after your phone just for being there, shit like that. Those stories get spread so that now in the general, like I said, low information voters mind, they ain't going to fucking challenge no government. Are you fucking kidding me? Look what just happened. You know what I'm saying? They're they're They're, they're prosecuting these motherfuckers just for being there. You know what I mean? They go they they have the nation essentially feared out of out of revolt right now. In my opinion, en masse. That's what that was the whole point of the 6th and I think it was orchestrated and I think uh I think the people were basically coached to do what they did. So that it could be turned into what it turned into, you know what I mean, and yeah, once the once everything was going down, I'm sure there were some people in the crowd that reacted differently. you know, some people in the crowd probably thought, "Holy shit, this is it, this is a a revolution. we're physically taking over this building, and we're not going to stop, and they were prepared to die, you know, and you know whatever I'm sure there were people that took it that far in their own minds, and there were other people that were just like. Oh, we're just going to walk through and and it'll be a cool thing we did, you know, for our Facebook pages. I think that's the majority of the people would just thought they were just walking through as like a protest and then they were going to leave and everything was going to go away. I thought they thought it was just a walk through protest type thing. You know what I mean? Right. I I don't think that that the majority of people there thought they were literally going there to overthrow the government physically. You know what I mean?
0: I hear that. Um, It was much different from my perspective, but I'll tell you what. Alex, good morning. Hey, I see you. We'll pull up. Here we go. One, two, three,
1: yeah, three, bring
0: him up. up here, man. Welcome. I'm not, I'm not one, much of one for time constraints, and I'll tell you what: just on on first glance, you look pretty cool to me. Good morning.
2: How are you this morning?
0: Uh, I'm I'm fantastic because I'm hosting the Adam versus the Man podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, not everybody in the world gets a chance to do something like that. I mean, they probably could if they exerted themselves towards that goal, but, you know, that's not that's not a, a common desire, let's say. I'm bringing you up early, and Jim, come back. Come back, Jim. Come back, Jim. Come back up, I was just
1: explaining in the co-host chat that I'm an idiot because – Honestly, uh, Alex, I thought you were uh, a random caller. We're doing a call-in show. I didn't know you were the actual guest we had scheduled. I didn't. I wouldn't have pulled you up probably if that if I did that. So I'm an idiot. No, no, no. it
0: says You're Alex Flores on there, and I knew because I, I, I researched. Of course, I'm going to do the show. Who we who's on for the guest? Alex Flores, ladies and gentlemen. Alex Flores is the the. I'm going to say the thing that's important to me first because I'm hosting the show today. Okay. Alex is among many other things the chairman of the Navajo County Libertarian Party. Is that correct?
2: That is correct.
0: Okay. Do you know who I am?
2: Um no, I'm gonna go ahead and be honest and say no, I actually don't.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> that's all right like, because you don't have to know who I am, okay? But to let you know who I am. I've been a Libertarian Party delegate to national conventions a couple of times, and that changed over into, I I followed Ron Paul in 2012 to the Republican Party to support him in his bid for presidency, because he's basically our type of Libertarian guy, and he was the Libertarian Party presidential candidate in 1988. I worked for I was the first organizer of the very first Ron Paul for President meetup group in in the world. And that group is still current today with over twelve hundred members. Okay. But I went to the twenty twelve RNC in Tampa supporting Ron Paul in twenty twelve. So i I've done the libertarian thing around and around and I'm I'm waiting for just the right moment to jump back into the Libertarian Party because when I left I was ready to run for the libertarian national Con- committee so i'm still there but i'm there kind of shadowing in the background doing my thing until i splash back out okay meeting you is a big deal for me because when <clears throat> the covet thing hit i left i split phoenix i left the, all of the area the The 10th Amendment Center, when they looked around and 2012, when we got screwed for the last time, we decided this political crap isn't isn't, what it's cracked up to be. We're going to leave it for now. We're going to go take over a county. You know, look around there. What's a good county that's not really represented and there's not a lot of people there? It could become a four. They picked Navajo County. So there's at least a dozen hardcore old-school patriotic raw I mean libertarian thought under you know you know the people I'm talking about that left everything they were doing they went in mass and they all bought land in Navajo County I got five acres myself you know and in when the COVID thing hit I left Phoenix and went and spent a year on my five acres by myself in Navajo County I'm just uh, a little bit uh south of uh winslow on uh, 99 okay Okay. just yeah so i've been out i've had this property for like four years now it took two years before i could walk on it i've been on it for a couple of years now and i'm ready i looked around and the representative race would be really tough because that that district's so huge i wouldn't have the money to travel around and, and run for that but i'm ready to run for an office as a libertarian when i jump back into the party you're one of the guys that i need to get with because you're in my neighborhood you're in charge of the party there we need to talk buddy
1: so or let me real quick alex uh i get obviously you already guessed he, he had mentioned he's hosting the show today so I, I don't know if we had updated you on that through email adam had an unexpected he's traveling right now he was supposed to be back last week but he he had to stay longer where he was and he's traveling right now that's why uh, Ed is doing the interview today so i'm sure he has a bunch of great questions for you You guys can do your interview thing uh, we can reschedule you to talk to Adam himself if you want to also yeah. uh, in another separate interview i think that'd be cool cuz everybody likes talking to Adam cuz you know he's Adam so
0: <laughs> cuz he's out yeah. But yeah
1: but but please entertain Ed with all his questions Sure. Yeah. Not a problem. I, um, I've known Adam for quite a
2: while and, uh, you know, Adam actually came in and hung out at the house, um, for a couple of days last year during the the COVID shutdowns and stuff as he was touring. So, um, yeah, Adam's a great guy. Love to see him, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do either or, or both, you know, I can talk today and then come back another time and, you know, whatever works. All
0: right. Well, it's basically whatever it is that you desire. I mean you're here now and you're here today and we're gonna talk talk to you and get information out and you can come back and talk to Adam too and maybe catch people that you didn't catch this time and that's up to you at a later date for but for today I'm gonna ask you you're scheduled to come on at nine to nine thirty for the interview. Now if you'd like you could drop back off and relax and everything until nine o'clock. I'll bring you back on and we can talk about your LP stuff or if you'd like to stay on and talk with me and kibitz with the audience and everything else that's up to you what would you like to do
2: i'm fine with either one really um yeah i i, I guess uh people were probably more expecting me for nine o'clock but
0: <laughs> all right well
2: i, I was trying to, i was trying to be a good guest and get on here early so that i could be
0: ready to go <laughs> no you're, you're right on okay well you know, let's keep you on for right now hemp hobbit okay Hobbit has got a comment here, but before I put that comment up, I want to uh, uh, address a comment that he had earlier, or he or she, Hobbit said, yeah, Ed can explain DMT, but uh, can he explain fractional reserve banking to a teenager in just a couple of minutes? It's like, Well, yeah, Ed can't explain fashion reserve banking to a teenager in just a couple of minutes. It's based on the Federal Reserve, which is a bunch of bullshit in 1913 where people took charge of our our money printing and everything from there is just rotten. And you don't even need to know the facts or or little minutia about it because it's all based on that lie. Anything that's based on that lie goes back to the base. And let's start with that lie of 1913 and the creation of the Federal Reserve. Is that a good explanation to a teenager?
2: I think that covers the basics for sure.
0: Did I, did, I, did I leave anything out? I mean, is there anything you would add to that?
2: I'm probably not the person to ask. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not an economics major. But, uh, yeah, um,
0: I mean, that's that
2: was enough information for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I can go in depth For a couple of hours on You know how gold was Basically used for everything and then They figured out oh, well let's make it easy And here's a piece of paper that says This counts as gold <laughs> Anyway I bring that up because he says Libertarians can't answer the simple question How can you have government Without regulations Can you answer that
2: Well, um, so I, I, what I use for examples of places where libertarianism, uh, uh, of an example of what it could look like, um, I, I do a lot of work with sovereign nations, um, and those are supposed to actually function as a sovereign nation within the United States. You know, so if you've looked at you know, the way that reservations are supposed to function in the United States, they're supposed to be sovereign separate from our federal government. Um, and they are able to make their own laws and regulations, uh, according to what they see fit for their land. Um, a lot of tribes don't go the direction of, um, individual sovereignty, uh, as much, but, um, a lot of the, you know, a lot of our constitution is based off of Native American law and, um you know, respect for individual liberty and sovereign rights. So, um, I think the way that it's an interesting question because I think at eventually at some point that if you have a group of people together, they're going to agree on what the rules are, whether those rules are written or not, or considered a regulation or not, I think is up to them. But, um, you have to let people at least try it first. Um, in order to see if it's even possible you've got to allow people to see what that's like to live in a place that isn't regulated um to come up with a system or come up with however they think it's going to work for them so that's my long
0: complicated answer maybe i didn't say much but <laughs> okay i'm i'm good i'll take a shot at it how can you have government without regulations Simple, you can't. But, why do you have to have government? Why do you have to have regulations? We are humans. Humans vary greatly, do they not? Because humans vary so greatly, there are some in the middle that don't like those that vary greatly on the ends, right? Because they don't like how much other people vary greatly on either end, they want to make things regular or closer to where they are in the middle where maybe a greater number of people are that way. But why must we demand those that choose to vary their own individual sovereign lives in whatever direction they choose, why must we command them at the point of guns and violence to be more like them? That's the job of government as it stands today. Okay. Government was created for a different purpose. Okay. That's my test when it comes to a politician running to represent people. I ask them what's what's the reason for government's being? Why is government why why is it there? Why do we have government? Right? Because their answer tells me exactly where they're coming from. Tells me. Can you answer the question? What happened? Oh, we must he must have dropped his signal. That's okay. That's okay. I'll ask it of people out there. Hip Hobbit. Government equals justice. Oh, give my ass a fucking break. Government does not equal justice. Okay? Bullshit. I call bullshit right there. uh huh. Matt Baxley. All the cool kids are on Twitch. Hey, Matt. How the hell are you? I miss you. Can't wait to see you again. Joey, Ah, y'all are over here at Twitch. That's right. Uh, Rock Landstone. I'm going to work my way backwards here just a little bit. Rock Landstone. Blessings of liberty to ourselves and our... Oh, that's right. He said something about the preamble, right? We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice. Okay. Now, does government establish that justice? No! We the people... Establish justice uh, let me go backwards here uh, D Vincent W a private bank prints the money no uh, the Treasury prints the money okay but the Treasury is given the right to print the money by the Federal Reserve the Federal Reserve tells them how much to print and when to print it From what I understand all right we got Alex in the background. I'll tell you what, Alex, you get all set up and everything, and when you're ready to come back, you can give me a thumbs up. You take your time. I'm going through all of the comments here. Josh Long, more like constitutional rights without government. The reason government was created was to protect the rights of the individual, okay? Ask a politician why was government created? If he doesn't say to protect the rights of the individual, and that's what I wanted to get back to, then he's not worth shit, and don't vote for him. Let's see, uh, working my way backwards here. I hate to do this because it. Josh Long says I voted for Ron in twenty twelve, my first presidential vote ever. Presidential vote, Josh. I know how you feel. I I was forty five years old had not registered with any party, had not done anything political, didn't want to vote, no nothing. Michael Botnark of Texas, a constitutional scholar, used to teach the Constitution, drove around his car without a license plate, and when they pulled him over, he showed him how he's not commercial, so he doesn't have to do all that commercial crap, like getting a driver's license or getting a a tag on your car. Those are for commercial purposes, people. Believe it only for commercial purposes if you claim that you're not commercial that you, you can do it he does it he did it he did it so much that they left him alone they quit pulling him over and this guy started running for president on the libertarian ticket okay i went out at age 45 the next day registered to vote for the first time in my life went to the i uh, registered registered with the libertarian party went to the first meeting go to the first libertarian party meeting sit down and they got somebody there and they're handing out forms and stuff, and they're filling out forms. I said, what's going on? They said, oh, we're, we're filling out these forms to, to get elected, and here, fill out this form, put your name on it. They stamp it. I go to the poll, look, and there's my name. I vote for myself, and then I get elected. Precinct committee, man, with one vote, my own. I was elected to office with my own vote. From that point on, I moved up the political ladder until 2012, when I went to the Republican National Convention in Tampa, Florida, and re- represented the several millions of Republicans in the state of Arizona. i tell you what, I learned a lot, I saw a lot, I recorded a lot, and those are for other shows get back into you people GI Mary Jane you know Mary Jane if you could get a signal to come up I'd sure like to have you on the show just to say hi if nothing else okay this wonderful person Uh, Rockland stone me back this up because he's got a bunch of them here hold on a second here regardless of what you think of those people in Congress they're still people with rights and the right has been vilifying the victims there were clueless people there nobody is blaming them but they can't take chances people have kids to feed parents to look after we really have to think about this stuff gee i wish you could come on the show and talk to talk to us because it's hard to to come back on stuff like that just i mean i'd like to talk to you about all of this please come on the show um who's this uh ved bravankar um saw a couple of things oh asked about what was going on um if you just come into the show adam is traveling on his way back here and i'm hosting the show for him today i'm ed valeo i'm normally the co-host of thursday today i'm the host and co-host trying to run the comments because i want you in there uh, Rock, so so. Ed, what if the reason why government doesn't work is because there are politicians who are bribed by oligarchs and wealthy corporations to gum up the works? Okay. What the the Indian said: the wolf that you feed, you know, what you feed grows. What you don't feed dies. In my personal, uh, re- religious, or material it says as a man thinketh so shall he be okay now this is very important and i want you all to understand something that's that's critical to my being okay your thoughts are so much more important than you think they are okay i know that's kind of cryptic but see We're here in the third dimension. Okay. In the third dimension, what we think, we manifest outwardly. We make happen. We make be. Okay. I want a bike. I want a bike. Oh, I want a bike so bad. I want a bike. The harder I think about wanting a bike, I work for money to get the bike I end up with the bike I buy the bike I got the bike okay I have manifested that out of my thought but here in the third dimension we have what's called a time lag. okay it's not instantaneous what you think of doesn't automatically become because you know well I won't say why but in the fourth dimension it is that way when you think of something and then it manifests instantaneously I guess that's most of the reason why we're locked in the third dimension because we're we're human and if we got into the fourth dimension there would be plethora and we'd fill it up really quick with a bunch of shit and there wouldn't be any room to move around <laughs> anyway what you think of you make happen and your thoughts are very important so if you can put yourself on a mental diet to think of only positive things for as long as you possibly can you will make your life better you will be amazed and confused at how it happens because it's very mysterious I'm telling you but it works okay there was a, a preacher back in the 20s and 30s his name was dr. Emmett Fox dr. Emmett Fox in his literature I've collected up a lot of his literature and uh, um, one of the main things that he did, his his gig, was he spoke in as few syllable words as possible to reach the common man. Tried to make it as, as, as understandable as he possibly could. And one of his things was the seven-day mental diet. Try for seven days to think of only positive things. Don't allow any negativity about any subject matter whatsoever come into your thought processes. And by the seventh day, you will be amazed at the transformation your life has has done that straighten straighten out so much stuff and you, you'll get to the point where it'll it'll prove it to yourself and you'll get on to the kick of trying to be more positive trying to think more positively not allowing the negativity into your life okay i spent a long time in my life eliminate eliminating the limitations on myself right I I don't like being limited. I like freedom just as much as everybody else does, but freedom is a basic issue for me. is the allowance to do as I please, regardless of the consequences. That's freedom. See, when I read Adam's book here, Freedom, right, I read it, and then being a Virgo, Virgo rising, the most meticulous analytical creature of the Zodiac, I noticed that, a lot of things that he talks about in his book aren't about freedom they're about liberty okay and I, I, I wrote uh, a commentary and then it got to a point where there's so much material on what I wanted to do I wanted to debate mr. Kokesh on liberty versus freedom until the day that I gave him the idea told him what was going on and I knew you know that and he says you know when writing the book I know there's a distinction between the two but because of you know reaching more people and making it basic and making it an understanding he just he didn't delineate the line very clearly and just he wrote the book it's a well-written book okay but I'd like to I'd like to write a companion book called Liberty and write about Liberty because I have the freedom to do so much but I am NOT at Liberty to do a lot there's a big difference okay There really is. I mean, I have the freedom to go out and kill the bastards, but I am not at liberty to do so at this time. Get me? Are you about ready to come back up, Alex? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, let me see if I can do this quickly. No, I can't do this quickly on the fly. Uh, Our guest today is a player. In the libertarian party he's the the chairman of the navajo county libertarian party and i'm going to bring him up ladies and gentlemen alex flores alex could you give us the rest of the caveats of your background please because i don't have your bio pulled up right this second (laughs) No worries. Um,
2: So I am currently, like you said, the Navajo County Chairman for uh, Arizona. Um, Also with the Arizona Party, I am currently the State Secretary and also the County Development Chairman. And I am just recently was elected as the Region 1 alternate to the LNC. So I'm also on the National Committee.
0: That was it. The you got put on the LNC. So who is on the Libertarian National Committee? Because it's been it's been a couple of years since I was there. So there are
2: I think there's 22 members in total. Um, Really? um, I believe there's 17. I want to say 17 voting. I'm getting the numbers mixed up now myself. Um, But you have uh, eight regions and representatives from each and alternates from each, and you have the chairman, the vice chairman, the secretary, and the treasurer, um, and four, I'm sorry, five at-large members to comprise what is now the LNC.
0: Wow. That's grown quite a bit since I was there, because the last LNC meeting that I went to was, I think, in, uh, was in St. Louis or... I think it was in St. Louis and I was just sitting in on the meeting with another person. There was less than a dozen people in the room and two of us weren't on the committee. So I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of people. Do they have that many people show up for a LNC meeting?
2: Um, from what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, it seems like uh, a good portion of the representatives are showing up on a consistent basis. Um, <clears throat> you yeah. know somebody might disagree with me on that and you know try to bring up people's attendance records and stuff but i uh from what i've seen it
0: it seems like most people make uh, a good portion of their meetings i guess i should i should clarify do they have physical meetings where they all go to one place in one city and meet at one time or are they doing a multi-screen online thing we do
2: we actually have uh um so uh, we have special meetings that happen online uh, but we also have meetings that happen every quarter um and they move around to different regions Uh, the next one will be september 4th and 5th and that will be in Louisville, kentucky so uh and then uh, we have one in december uh that will be in boston so we're we're all over the place for that um also as a regional representative uh, here in Region 1, at least anyway, it's in our agreement that we try to make it to at least every state at least once uh, within the two-year term. So um, I'm coming in um, partially you know, a year through one of the terms as an alternate. Um, so it'll be myself and Chris Lucchini that'll be working out the details of getting around to the rest of the states uh, within the next year or so until reno and uh go from there so, um, 12 states in region one so uh, it's pretty much the entire western united united states uh, minus california
0: so. right okay you said you're also the arizona state secretary correct yeah Who's the uh, uh, uh the current chair is emily goldberg that's right, Emily. Mm-hmm. Now, Emily Goldberg and I and another individual—that uh, was the first Libertarian National Convention in two thousand and eight that I went to. We drove from Phoenix to Denver. That's where, uh, in Denver, I—I I they seat you at the conventions by how much money you give nationally. Okay, Arizona has always been a get big giver nationally. So in oh eight, we were like the third row back, right from the podium and we were centered. So we were like right there. And then for the convention itself, the night of all the action and everything, they actually put it on CNN for eight hours straight. Okay, so I had to do something, had to do something. I was given a V for Vendetta mask and hat for my birthday that year. Okay, I took it with me and during the convention, when I went into the convention, I put on the hat and the mask and I went in and I sat down in my seat, third row back from, from the podium, I had that hat and mask on for eight hours straight, okay, CNN was dying to get a picture of who was wearing this mask. And it was was fantastic. I'm telling you, for for an activist that has an opportunity, that sees an opportunity, I seize this opportunity like nobody's business. I'm telling you, if you get a chance, you got nothing else to do, go, go into the archives, pull it up, you can still see it today. You can watch the eight hours of the Libertarian National Convention in Denver, Colorado, 2008. Eight hours of them trying to see who's got this mask on, and I was the star of the show. I'm telling you. And at one point between, at one point between the 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 vice president and the presidential elections, there's a lull, right? Rull, 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 rull. They had left the mic on on the stage, and you could hear the mull, the lull of the crowd through the mic. So I know the mic's on, right? I, I, I got my chance. I'm going to go do it. I've got credentials. I can go anywhere. I can do anything, right? So I get up. I, I go around, and I walk across to, in front of the camera that's live with the mic on. They can hear me. I know what's going on. The guy with the v the mess walking by in front of it and stops, looks at the camera, and says, either you take care of it now, or I'll take care of it later and kept on walking. <laughs> Golden moment. And I took it. All right? I'm telling you, when I come back, when I jump in the Libertarian Party and I'm going to run for the office for something, if nothing else, I'll run for sheriff just to keep the sheriff. Who's the sheriff in Navajo County?
2: Ooh, that's a good question right now. Um, it used to be Casey Clark um and he was just replaced um
0: was he replaced with big money from outside the state for he or she where whoever it was you um, know from what, what i've
2: seen i had a friend that ran actually as a republican uh for county sheriff against casey clark a few years back and um the interesting thing was is that he used to be one of the deputies, um, and he actually resigned from his position so that he could run against his boss. Um, yeah. it was a very, it was a very contentious uh, election, but um, they ended the up not winning. Brain? Yeah, he yeah he still you know didn't win, but, but um, he ended up being basically blackballed in the process. You know, they basically made it. David. There you go. Okay, so um, I know I had seen him before, but the name was escaping me. Um, <clears throat> but it was—it was—he it, it, ended up being blackballed as a as a law enforcement officer. He couldn't get a job anywhere else uh, up here afterwards, and uh, ended up moving away. Um, they basically chased him out of town because he went up against what little power structure there happens to be here in this county so
0: yeah i i can tell you and i are going to have to to sit down and spend a couple hours of of talking about local stuff there that you know like i said i've been there for a couple of years but i don't know really anything on what's going on in the power structure or who's doing what or all i know is that when i when i first showed up everybody in town knew me they already knew me because i'm big and, you know, Patriot circles and, and doing this Arizona thing for so long. I mean, I got there and, and the mayor was a friend of mine. And then I go to the, the post office to get a post office box. And the, Le- chance was behind the, the table. So oh, I know you, I met you at Ernie's, you know, at Ernie Hancock. So uh, I knew I was at home. But I just I haven't had a chance to really do anything yet because it's taken me a while to establish a Place I got five acres of blank land. Okay, and now I got a place on that five acres and I'm developing uh, Arts and music festival venue I haven't had my first show yet, but I've got a couple roads put in uh, my next step is to build the vendor booths where the row of vendors will be and I got uh, Material to build the stage. They have a pretty good sized stage and everything and uh, It's looking up to be to be something it's going to be like you know Compton Terrace North, pretty much. I'm going to have uh, uh, arts and, and music venues so that after a couple of shows, the word will get out, and then I'll get a couple of big bands, and then we'll have we'll have a splash out there. Because I'm buddies with my next door neighbor Carl Butler. I don't know if you know, Mister Carl Butler has been there in Navajo County forever. He he ha- owns the The largest freestanding steel structure in the county and he's putting in an air park next door to me he has 320 acres okay he's got the first runway already put in so we got things going down there in in, uh, just south of Winslow I got a thing going where it's gonna explode one of these times and you're gonna see two or three million people converge on there for Aerosmith and, and and who you know somebody I'm going to get some big names out there and I'm going to, it's going to be cool. You know, it's going to be bitching. I'm working on it, but you know, so lots, lots going on, lots going on. Okay. Uh, Another thing you said, you are chairman of the County Development Committee. Yeah. So uh, about
2: 2019, uh, I kind of got my hands dirty with, Party in uh, getting the counties developed here in Arizona. Basically, just um, at the time, there was really only um, one or two active counties uh, in Arizona. There were, you know, there were six that were formed and chartered, but there were one or two that only had ballot, you know, one or two counties that had ballot access. And so um, I, you know, had run a couple of campaigns at that point. Um, I'd worked on a couple of, you know, local and national level uh, campaigns uh, and uh, decided that what was needed most was a local infrastructure that, you know, um, that for the party itself to be able to run candidates successfully, what we needed was to have county parties active, in all parts of the states that were um, up and going and able to support candidates who were running for office and so um i you know started developing a plan and uh updating the website and and things like that for the arizona state party as far as what we needed to do in order to get people Um, in the positions that they need to be in so that we can develop these county parties. And uh, since uh, the beginning of this year, um, we chartered four new county affiliates within Arizona. So there are are now um, county parties in Cochise County, Navajo, um, Mojave, and soon Coconino. And so um, we... are filling in the the parts of the state that we haven't normally had any type of libertarian representation at all and uh you know um we have a a a position within the arizona's um political system i guess you could say where uh, the uh, party representatives are pretty much governed by statute all the way down to the basic member which is a a precinct committeeman is what they call it in arizona um, every every precinct has a captain or, or you know is what they call them in some other areas but uh it's basically you're representing your party in your local community um, wherever you go to vote and uh, it's basically your job is a, a precinct committeeman helps people you know, helps libertarian voters register to vote and uh, know where to vote and how to vote on um, and so, uh, we started out the year with, a th- I believe, 17 or 18 precinct committee men. We now have 60 statewide. So, um, you know, we still have a long way to go. There's, uh, 1,495 total precincts in Arizona. So a little less than 50, you know, five less than 1,500, but we're getting there when, <laughs> uh, things are growing pretty exponentially here. So we're pretty excited
0: well, I'm glad somebody's finally coming around to doing something like that because it wasn't even wasn't even on the radar when I was there. You know, that, that when I was there in the the Maricopa County Libertarian Party, the County Libertarian Party was like the the County Republican Party which was like the County Democratic Party. All of those three parties had control of the political power of their state and did not want to change that, okay? The role of the precinct committeeman is the precinct committeeman is the direct liaison between the people and government. It is the first step in their representation. From the precinct committeeman who lives two blocks away from you and you know them by name, Goes next step up is the precinct captain that is the overseer of so many different precinct committeemen and then you have your regional and then up and up and each one kind of when you say something to your precinct committeeman, your precinct committeeman says it to the captain, the captain says it to someone, it works its way up until somebody gets the message and then whatever they decide, if there's a change the change filters its way down to the individual person. Or if there's no change, the reason why there is no change is put out as public information and filters it down back this way. Now, I learned all of this not from working in government. Okay? I learned all of this from being an alcoholic, believe it or not. Because in, in 1983, I quit drinking. It took a while for me to get better and in beginning better I was a member of Alcoholics Anonymous now I'm gonna break my anonymity because there's a reason for this as I got better in Alcoholics Anonymous and the fog cleared and I was able to do more they have the same structure as government okay you have your groups general service representative the general service representative goes to area functions and the, they talk that way. Then you go to the next step up and next, uh, next step up. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, because this is the way that change happens slowly. Okay? AA started way back in, way back. They wrote their their 12 steps and 12 traditions before television. When television came on, they had to maintain their anonymity in their part of their traditions part of that was you know maintaining our anonymity at the level of public and radio they needed to add and tv okay that's all had to do was add the words and tv to the traditions that went to the general service representative went to the area went all the way up they decided yeah that's right we're going to change it we're going to add and tv they put it out All of the new traditions, 12 and 12, when you go to a meeting, there's the 12 steps and the 12 traditions up on the wall. If it's a new meeting, it'll have a new list of 12 traditions. It'll say and TV. You go to one of the older meetings and they got the old sets up. It doesn't say and TV on there because that part of the edict from above, government, has not filtered down to the people correctly all the way. It failed in that instance, and that's part of why... Government in total is a failure, at least that's the way I feel about it. Now, we're doing this Republican-Libertarian fight back. I'm going to jump back in Libertarian. We're going to fight Libertarian to get more people to understand what Libertarianism is. You own yourself, and they aren't here to govern you. I'm not here to govern you, Okay. That's been obfuscated by people that got power in the Libertarian Party and wanted to maintain that. You know, that's where this started. Because that's when I was there. Everybody wanted to maintain their power and position. And they just, every, every when they voted for new positions, they just switched positions. Okay? No new blood, no new this, no new that. I shook things up when I got there. I shook things up hard. And I was ardent activist and everything. And when I went over to the Republican Party with Ron Paul, I tried to get him to go with me. But their positions were more important than doing the right thing. Imagine if everybody in the Libertarian Party in 2012 had said, we're going to nationally suspend all operations and everybody's going to go and register as a Republican and go and support Ron Paul 1000% and we'll make him president. What kind of news would that have made? It would have changed things. It would have splashed the shit out of stuff. And even if it would have been a failure, they all could have came back and continued on doing their thing. But no, what they were doing was more important. They said they didn't even say goodbye, Ed. I went and did it on my own. Okay, So I'm glad to see people like you, a younger generation, younger people, they want. They get it. They get it. Okay. I can tell you get it just by talking with you a little bit. Because it, to do what you're doing, to to develop libertarian enclaves in those counties in Arizona that don't have them, to to get some networking going something going, that's a long range vision, my friend. Okay. And I commend you a thousand percent for something like that, man Keep going, okay? If there's anything I can do other than at this point throwing money at you, okay, which I don't like doing, there's anything I can do to support you or help you, you let me know, whatever it is, all right? After the show, please exchange numbers with me and give me a time and date where I can get with you and we can sit and we can talk because I've been wanting to get into the politics of libertarian everything going on in Navajo County, but I couldn't find it. I couldn't see it. It's not visible. You know, you're going to have to tell me how you're trying to get it out there and, and I'll help you get it out there. Get me.
2: Yeah. So uh, for um, anybody listening right now or watching uh, azlp.org, if you go to the website there, you can subscribe and sign up and that sends us all the information that we, uh, you know, it can tell us where you're at in the state. Uh, um, Our precinct, Committee men actually work a little bit differently within the libertarian party in that we usually only get one per precinct so the one precinct committeeman that we have is the voting member of the party of the county party for that area so um if you're in arizona and you're interested in getting involved in your party um that's like the most basic level of getting involved right now and um you can sign up there, hit subscribe, and uh, we're able to uh, figure out where you're at in state and get you to your county chairman, whoever that would be. And, uh, you know, there's also a list on there for counties um, that you can go to and see uh, if there's anything in your state going on. Um, on the drop-down list there, there should be a tab that says counties or um where you can, uh,
0: when and where do you meet in Navajo County?
2: So Navajo County, it's the last Saturday of every month. And it happens at Locano's, uh, Locano's uh, Mexican restaurant, which is
0: on, uh, Disa clubs in sholo sholo Yeah. See, that's another thing is, um, I'm south of Winslow on the 99 in order to get to show though, I got to go all the way up and all the way over and all the way down or all the way down and all the way over and all the way up. There is no direct between me and Sholo. <laughs> yeah,
2: those are just, a, we, those are our informal meetups that we're having. Um, it's basically just to get together to kind of get people in the area that are interested out uh, and, you know, to check it out. If they want to ask questions. They can. Um, the uh, meetings that we've been having uh, as a as a county party are happening online, and uh, so you know afterwards I can uh, shoot you the link for that and uh, give you a link for the business portion of the meeting. And,
0: uh, All right, I want to involve my audience here and Hemp Hobbit. If you can teach the youth how they were duped, the Libertarian Party might start getting traction. Now, when I got to the Libertarian Party, they told me that before I got there, there was a group that was able to go into the high schools and talk to the freshmen about Libertarianism, but by the time I had gotten there, they said, no, they, they were starting to not allow outside influences of political in, and they were changing that. Is there anything that you're doing today that reaches out to the youth? Uh, yeah, there
2: is a, there, well, they're, they're mostly on social media and uh, the young libertarians in Arizona is a group that they have going on um, for, you know, the younger generation, particularly in our state. Um, and I know, I'm trying to think of the, the national organizations they've got going uh, where uh but yeah, they, they've had, uh, you know, some groups here locally that are trying to get actually back into going into the schools. It was something that hasn't been done for a while. Um, but yeah, for a while there here in Arizona, they did have uh, high school, uh, you know, libertarian clubs. And, um, so, um, it's a, it's, it's some work, uh, you know, the, the state party here, um, yeah, it was, it's all great people. It's, there was a, a point in time here where um, it was kind of a, you know, the party was kind of asleep. The uh, Republicans had done pretty much everything to get us off of the ballot and pretty much had succeeded, you know, in uh, 2018 and 2019. And so you know, in 2020, we had no candidates on the ballot other than Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen. So
0: um well the party was torpedoed in two thousand and eight. It degraded in twenty ten and in twenty twelve on Sunday morning I remember in uh in uh St. Louis I sat on the floor and recorded Michael Badnerick give the eulogy for the Libertarian Party, and it, it was magnificent. It really was. And from there, the power structure that had such a tight grip on it, they squeezed a lot of the ardent activists out. And most of the people that stayed were the pragmatists that seem to be predominant there today. Am I correct in my observation? Um.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, there was a, there was probably, I came into the Arizona party in 2016, and uh, at that point, it was, there. that was, I think, the last year of the, uh, our ability to run candidates um, on the ballot. I think that was the last year that most of the state had ballot access. Um, I, I think Maricopa County is still the only county that currently has ballot access. Um, and well, I think know is another one. I was actually reading something on that recently. But
0: uh,
2: <clears throat> yeah, so it, it, it's a long ways to, to go as far as uh, what we have to do to build from a local level. But um, there's a lot going on and it's happening pretty quickly here in Arizona uh, in the last six or eight months. So
0: well, I do see I do see a change for the better, and I see that it's starting with ardent people like you who are younger that want the right ideals put out there and be seen by more people. That's that's a big plus. It really is, and I'm very hopeful for the Libertarian Party, and I'm looking forward to going back to it. Right Anything? Uh, anything you want to uh, put out to the people that are listening? And if there's any constituents of yours in Navajo County, is there anything you want to say to them? Uh, Well, so so a couple other things that I was going to put out,
2: uh, or that I can talk about is uh, we're just launching a, uh, it's actually a new caucus within the party. Um, and, uh, that is dedicated to first nations issues, um, called the first nations caucus. Um, you can go to First Nations Libertarian First Nations org and uh, check out the website there. Um, just got that going, and uh, there's also a Facebook group and um, Facebook page that you can follow for uh, more information. The group is for more of the active members that want to get involved, and uh, basically the the goal of the caucus is to um, gain representation for. Um, the 574 indigenous nations that are within the United States borders. So um, <clears throat> right now, currently in Congress, there are um, I think six total Native American representatives. Um, you know, the Cherokee Nation, I believe, was one that recently um, gained a representative in Congress. Um, we Basically, the the people that I'm working with to start the First Nations Caucus feel that uh, First Nations should have their own representation that they choose for their own own land. So um, they should be represented the way that they want to be and uh, not be forced to be represented by whatever state their jurisdiction, whatever state happens to surround them or they fall within. So...
0: Anyway, okay, uh, just to so that's, just to clarify, for those that don't don't know or aren't familiar, what do you mean when you say First Nation?
2: Uh, I'm talking about the you know indig- and indigenous nations. Uh, you know, people typically call them reservations. Um, you know, so there are um, 574 recognized Native American tribes um, within the United States. Uh, the largest of those being the navajo nation uh, which stretches three different states or actually four different states um in here in the southwest and so um the you know they call them first nations because uh you know these were indigenous nations that were here for thousands of years before uh, any european settlers had actually come to this continent and so um not a name <clears throat> you know it's just that i guess a name that is felt to be more proper you know so, you know there others have said native
0: american or um, that was my next question are you a native american yourself i am
2: i'm a i'm actually uh mescalero apache and uh on my dad's side so
0: OK, and is that what you preserve to pre, uh, prefer to be called as Native American or you would you prefer to be called an indigenous individual or, you know, do you want to be called Joe Schmo? Um,
2: I'm I'm OK with with whatever. Actually, you know, I, I'm more about being able to talk to people about the, the concepts and the ideas than really, um, you know, what name they find politically correct uh so any of it works for me um i you know first nation or native american you know native american or you know uh you know russell means actually embraced the the term indian you know back in the 80s when he was uh our when he actually was you know one of our runners up for the presidential nomination behind ron paul so um was almost our presidential candidate in 1988 but um, so there's you know there's a deep history within uh sovereignty and and the libertarian party so
0: i worked with a few uh native americans at when i worked at coca-cola back in the 80s and they're all i can say is they're a different breed okay they, they they were raised differently they think differently they act differently but we have a lot in common okay good is still good evil is still evil I'm glad that we understand that you know because when you start crossing those lines there it gets kind of kind of weird and you know dealing with people right. <laughs> I'm glad to see you in the Libertarian Party and I look forward to working with you when I get back. Is there anything else you'd like to impart onto our audience? No. Um, the only thing I can to really talk about
2: is what I do for work. Um, when I'm not doing political stuff, I, uh, I do a mobile mechanic service called Greasy Porcupines. and uh, That's actually just getting started this year. It kind of started last year during the pandemic. Um, it was... Yeah, it, I had been working as a, a mobile mechanic in Phoenix and and the customers that I was encountering were having a lot of issues getting their cars back on the road. Um, a lot of people were foregoing the maintenance that they needed because they just couldn't afford it. Um, right. You know, so people were, people were going without the basic maintenance like spark plugs or oil changes or things like that, and uh, it would cause them more costly repairs later. Um, and so... Uh, Greasy Porcupines Pines was launched, and it basically um, is a an automotive service to where you you pay what you can. So if uh, so if you um, you know if you're having difficulties um, getting a, a a vehicle going, and uh, you know we can work something out through mutual aid. Um,
0: <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I, uh, ra- ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to point out the savviness of this young man in understanding life and people and good and evil. Okay? Now, what he's doing here is something I've done before and I love to do. I love providing a service and is what's called banking on the goodwill of the people. Okay? When you work for donations or you work for, you pay what you can pay okay you are banking on the goodwill of the people okay because there are people that can't pay they can't afford to have their brakes done okay but I can tear an engine I can tear a car down to every last nut bolt piece on it turn around and put it all back together and make sure that the torques are correct on everything and drive that car down the street okay I've done it with cars motorcycles I know what you're going through because necessity is the mother of invention. And when I was young, I didn't have the money. What I had to do, I had to learn how to do and do myself. And that's how I did. Okay. You and I are the few of those that can. Okay. Because most people can't change the brake. You know, they can't top off the brake fluid in their car much less than change their brakes. Okay. But you and I could do the front brakes on a car out of our pocket for 20 bucks or less you and I both know that, okay, but the public doesn't know that, okay, you bank on the goodwill of the people, those that can't pay, you're doing a goodwill service for the people, those that can pay, they're not only going to pay you what you would normally get, they're going to throw more money on top of that, pay you double, triple, four times, whatever, you know, would have been proper compensation, and that's righteous, buddy, that's righteous money, okay, because that's, That's like serving God, not serving mammon, okay? When you serve God, you tap into the source of everything, you know? Go ahead. did it. When we do have uh, customers
2: that that are wanting to be generous and want to pay more than what a service is going to require, we have a, a parts fund that basically goes towards the other customers that aren't able to afford things. So if you are somebody who... You can't get going on the road because you can't afford the rotors for your car, but you can afford the brake pads. Well, we can spring for the rotors and you know work out something else for later on. Um, so, you know, you can get going back on the road. A lot of these people, uh, you know, their cars were their livelihoods or got them to their livelihood. This is how they made their money, and they weren't they weren't able to get to work. And so, you know, you had some of these people that were living on unemployment because their car wasn't, they couldn't afford to get their car fixed to get to work and get off of unemployment. So, um, that's, a,
0: that's thats where we stepped in. Right on. Uh, do you have a number, a website, all that stuff that Jim can put on the screen? Did you provide yeah. that for him?
2: Uh, I, I was going to, um, but as oh. I, I jumped on here realized that I got brought on a little bit early, but uh, GreasyPorcupines.org
0: is the website. Okay. And, uh, and what what are the parameters of the area you will service?
2: Um, right now, I currently do anything in Arizona.
0: So if you're Ooh. anywhere in Arizona, we can, we can work something out. Um, that's so, pretty tough to drive. That's pretty tough to drive from Phoenix to Ash Fork and replace somebody's front rotors and and brakes and stuff for 80 bucks (laughs) drive back (laughs) gas costs you that much
2: you know um, there's also you can also donate through the website and uh, we've had some people that are interested in providing services across the country so what we're hoping to do is eventually be a network nationwide of people that are uh, liberty minded and want to get their hands dirty so
0: News now, or gun says to run donations-based mechanical repair. One would require very little overhead. Uh, you own your long. own tools. You got your own shop materials, and you can pretty much do anything, right?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I uh, I run. This is why I run as a mobile service. Um, I basically run with all of my tools right now. I'm, I'm currently in a PT Cruiser, so it's a uh, you know very small vehicle you know, carries around all the tools that I need to do most, uh, repair services. Um, I, you know, I typically don't do like a motor rebuild or head gasket repair or anything like that, but I can do things like, you know,
0: starters and alternators and AC. Or or replace uh, the regulator on a, on a window. Okay. I'll tell you what, that's a big deal.
2: All kinds of stuff. So like, uh, basically anything but take the motor out of your car so <laughs> um, and i've even uh you know like i've done timing belts on pt cruisers where you have to lift the motor partially out of the car
0: not completely, no but, no uh, i've been there been yeah. there done it done it I so, know what you're talking um,
2: about. yeah that right so, problem uh,
0: is the gas yeah <laughs> yeah i just
2: run as a mobile service most of my overhead is just travel is gas expense so okay um, i worked that out with if I work that out with the customer on, a, on an individual basis um, and it's all based on mutual aid if if what you have is not you know money to offer or you have some other good to exchange uh, in return you know then we can work something out I'm, you know I have a, a, a smoke shop in Phoenix there's actually three locations down there that um, I've worked out discounted prices for goods and services from them. So.
0: Oh, buddy, um, you, and I, you and I are our best friends now. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you're going to have to poke me in the eye with a sharp stick, chase me away. <laughs> uh, would you like to participate in COVID vitamins with Jim and I? <laughs> or, or or not at this time on camera. That's okay. <laughs> COVID vitamins. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Mine's Jack Herrer at the moment.
2: Oh, okay. So, yeah, this is uh,
0: normally what I go with. (laughs) This is easier on camera because there's no fire involved. That's Jim, our producer, man. Hey. We're pretty much heads around here. It's okay. You know, people that smoke hemp, marijuana, cannabis, call it whatever the hell you want to, they seem to be more laid back and more accepting of what the fuck's going on around them, and they like other people, and I like being with them, and they like being with me. You know? What's wrong with that? (laughs) Oh, hey. This show does a lot of COVID material, a lot of a lot of reporting on this. Can you tell us a little about, about how it's impacted you all up, up up there personally? I mean, we hear all kinds of stuff on on second, third, fourth, fifth hand. I mean, you're up there, you live it, you grew it up. How has this affected you? How has this affected your people? What is the status of what's going on now in Northern Arizona, Navajo County, on the reservations or indigenous lands or whatever you want to call them, please fill us in.
2: Um, well, it yeah, you know, that was a very interesting thing because doing what I do from work, I was all over the state. Um, and it really, in Arizona, it varied depending on where I was at in the state. Um, Phoenix was very interesting to see as a ghost town um, during the, you know, the height of like the lockdown portion, you know, in March and April in particular, you know, things were pretty closed down and to be in Phoenix on the freeway, uh, during what would normally be rush hour and everybody's, you know, there what few cars there are on the road are doing 80 or 90 around you. It's just, uh, it was a, a really unique experience. I've never seen <laughs> Phoenix that quiet. Um, up here in, um, Navajo County, um, you know, there were some. You know, there there was some of the shutdown. There were a little bit of the, the supply shortage and the and the weird things going on with the supply chains. Um, but there wasn't really. Uh, the, it was a lot more relaxed about the uh, the atmosphere of of who was wearing masks in public and and, and that type of stuff. Uh, so it, it was it was unique, and then. Um, I was able to fly to Orlando during all of that for the national convention last July. And so, um, got to experience the whole airport, uh, you know, and wearing a mask on a plane and, um, all of this interesting stuff that they, um, were trying to do to, to, you know, somehow combat the the virus. But, um... It, it was it was very interesting to, to to be very different jurisdictions and to see all of the um, different uh, attempts to uh, either combat the, the virus or uh, to kind of curve human behavior so that um, they could get their whatever it was the desired outcome is that they were going. Thank you very no, much. I, I, yeah, I'm not really sure how else to put it, other than that. I mean, um, you know, it was it, It's still very interesting now. Um, you know, there, um, a lot of the uh, the reservations are um, experiencing quite a bit more of a lockdown and um, are um, a lot more. You know, like, like for instance, over here on the, uh, the white mountain Apache reservation, um, the, uh, the council had actually passed a mandate where, um, you know, they were taking ARPA funds that had been passed through Congress and the money was given, the money that was given to the tribe, they were basically deciding that where they were only going to distribute it to people who had been fully vaccinated. And, uh, So um, I'd actually gotten into an argument with the the chairwoman online and uh, she had basically, her response was that, you know, in 1980, we passed a resolution that said that we're able to force vaccinate the entire tribe if we want to. But instead, right now, what we're doing is giving incentives. And so um, it was very... uh, (sighs) And as, so you still have this like varying degree of like how this is being approached and how it's being treated and the amount of fear I guess that's that's behind a lot of it and uh, you know on the reservations um, in particular like the Navajo Reservation is still locking down on weekends and stuff and they are bringing back a mask mandate and now they're having a water shortage on top of it so um, they're rationing water at a rate of. You know, 500 gallons a week for a family of 4. Um, when typically a family of 4, you know, is looking at 12,000 gallons a month. Right. Um, is about uh, it was about average normal usage. Um, right. so it, It's been very interesting to sure. go between these ger- different jurisdictions and to see um, the different approaches and trying to engage people at the at the different levels of where they're at. So,
0: the Native Americans that I knew that I worked with, they all had their own land on the reservation. It was important to them that they had their own land. They were all basically self-sufficient. They had food stocked up. They had all kind of, they had all this stuff, okay? They were okay. And if something like like this covid thing would have happened then, it wouldn't have impacted them hardly at all as much as it impacted the people in the city okay but my question to you is times times change how much have they changed on the reservation to the point where people are less self-sufficient and more dependent upon the infrastructure provided for them to be able to go down to circle k and buy a loaf of bread and and, and a gallon of milk you know what i'm saying so
2: and that's one thing that got highlighted with the uh the pen you know the pandemic however you want to view it um what i saw mainly was that uh it was an issue of hygiene and what areas were able to maintain better levels of hygiene Um, when you start getting into you know where the navajo reservation in particular had higher covid numbers than than even new york did at one point um it was when you look at what comprises the Navajo Nation? Well, there are 300,000 members of the Navajo Nation. There's about 150,000 people that live on the reservation, which spans, which, you know, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado. So, um, it's, you know, people that are, are, are 150,000 people that are spread out across this vast desert landscape, uh, mostly desert. And, um, one third of those households still don't have running water and electricity. So, um, you know, things like washing your hands, something that is pretty basic for most people in like America. You think nowadays, um, they, a lot of people don't have that luxury, you know, like why you, you're choosing between washing your hands and having water to cook with for another week or whatever. So it's, um, you know, you're using water very sparingly. And especially right now, like I said, they're in a water shortage. So it's even less available than what they're normally... Um, you know, you start to see why there was such issues. There was a company that um, I was doing some volunteer work with last year called Gay Deep Deep. Um, they have a, a website called NavajoWatersProject.org. Um, basically, for about 6000 bucks, they can put a, uh, a water system... And a solar solar panel for electricity into a, a home on the Navajo Reservation uh, in about 24 hours, so they can take a truck out there, um, put running hot and cold water and electricity into a home that doesn't currently have it. So um, they, you know, a, a lot of the water is delivered by water trucks um, that are driven by volunteers. Um, you know and if you're not hauling your own water if you're not able to so there's a lot of infrastructure issues you know there was something that the the federal government's trying to pass as far as uh, infrastructure related to the reservations uh, in particular Um, but the history of the federal government and that money being allocated properly to reservations that a pretty rocky past Um, it might go a little bit better now. We have Deb Holland who is
0: currently serving as the
2: Secretary of the Department of Interior. She's the first Native American to hold that position. Very good. So, hopefully, that um, sees some change as far as uh, conditions and and the way that um, funding has been allocated in the past. Um, there have been a lot of situations that I that I learned of. Firsthand, in doing volunteer work on the reservations, where um, lawmakers in DC um, were able to divert funding that had been allocated for something to do something else, and uh, money stayed at the, the, the leadership of the, of the reservation or didn't get to the people, you know, basically didn't get to the people that needed it the most on the reservation at all.
0: That was the impression Um, I got from the outside.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so um, I'm hoping that you know um, we see some some good changes there, and uh, there's some of us that are out here fighting for it.
0: Well, sir, I wish you the best of luck with the Libertarian Party. I wish you the best of luck luck in your business. What was the name of the business again? Greasy Porcupines. greasyporcupines.org, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for participating, and if you'd like to come on the show again, please contact Joey J-O-I-E, at thefreedomline.com, and she will reschedule you when Adam is here. Thank you so much for coming. All right. Really wanted to get into everybody's comments, but you see how life takes over the show sometimes but it's worth it that was some pretty good information that young man gave us and i look forward to interacting with him in the future let's see rob b did show up in the comments he says i i think the narrative is planned and if you die from starvation to this fraud the fraud covid still killed you you know it says uh, Federlander Ed, I've been drinking Fiji water for a week now. Thanks, man. I do feel less cloudy. Ah, somebody listened. That's fantastic. I'm telling you. It's not a commercial. I'm just telling you. See this stuff? Fiji water, it's expensive. This is, exp- this is the most expensive water I know of, but guess what? This comes from a volcanic aquifer in Fiji that naturally puts a silicate into the water and magnesium into the water now magnesium is what the synapses of your brain are made of and it helps repair your brain helps you think better the silicates ease the blood brain barrier and allows your body to remove metals and toxins from your brain okay telling you get drink two liters the first day and a liter every day afterwards don't drink any other water but this and i'll tell you after two weeks you will think more clearly now if thought is important to you personally try it if you're thinking it don't matter you're just thinking all right well thank you very much for giving me that moment to talk about fiji water let's see now we've got about seven minutes left here uh jim you got anything you'd like to come up and say anything about you know well i was supposed to have a contest i never announced a contest jim why don't you put my my picture up please oh hey you want into our producers club caption this photo yes I've been stewarding a, some some kittens this week and they, they they were pretty young I ended up bottle feeding them just to maintain some health here and and this one was just cute no, get out and he was just he was just crashed out man he got a belly full of milk and crashed out hard there's like oh man I got to get a picture of this think caption this oh yes that jim leave our kitty up and give us some production notes please
1: All uh, let's see i can do it like this i'll do production notes while they look at the cat i can do it that way you can check you can join t.me forward slash adam versus man. it's free everyone is welcome no matter where you are or when you're watching this it's a group on telegram we usually have all the links for anything we talk about on the show that's where you can find them any updates for the show any updates on the show that's where you'll be able to find them t.me forward slash adam versus man patreon.com forward slash adam versus man is where you can support the show financially one five ten or even fifty dollars a month $10 a month to get you access into the private producers club. If you didn't win the today's comment contest in the last five minutes of the show, Instagram at the garden of freedom is likely you'll be able to find this very picture there soon. And uh, many other pictures of the cats of gardenia and the dogs of gardenia and the Adams of gardenia and the GI Mary Janes of gardenia and all the good stuff in gardenia. You can find it at the Instagram at the garden of freedom, homefront battle veterans, nonprofit. We tell you about all the time, where all of your, oops, it is interrupting my, uh, buddies.com where all of your donations are theft deductible. I got it right the first time that time. Thank you. Thecrypto6.com, uh, the Bitcoin church that was raided up in Keene, New Hampshire. You can write Mr. Nobody who's still sitting in a cage via thecrypto6.com and gogreenenergyonline.com for thinking about learning more about solar panels, micro wind power, get yourself off grid no matter where you live. Do it yourself by educating yourself at GoGreenEnergyOnline.com. Thank you very much. Hope you all have had enough time with this picture to caption it. It's a beautiful one. I'm excited to see what you all come up with. There you go. Promos are done for the day, so the rest of the show is yours, my friend.
0: No, you can take the kitty off. You, you can pull the kitty off. All right. For the end of our show, I've been trying to get to these comments so bad. There was a thread of comment in there that I believe is important and I would really like to have included in the show, and I'm going to at this point. Rob B says Is COVID the new poison blankets? Now, I understand what he means. Maybe some. Some others don't, but I get you, man. I get you. Because from what I understand, everybody that took the shot is sloughing the stuff off, and they are spreading it faster than those that didn't take the shot that even catch it. Somebody that just catches it from somebody and has the COVID-19, which is bullshit to start with, means somebody gets a cold, okay? Why should we call it COVID-19? Why don't we just say somebody's got a cold or the flu? Somebody's got a cold or the flu. Somebody's got a cold or the flu. Instead of saying COVID, let's say cold or the flu, cold or the flu. Because if we start repeating that, it'll fuck them up, I'm telling you. Okay? But if they give you something that puts it in you and makes you infect people that you can't inject, oh, well, then you're injecting them by proxy. So he's saying, is that the new poison blankets? That's what I'm waiting for. Hemp Hobbit says, I'm afraid so. The extension of operation clip. you know this is this is kind of funky trying to bring these comments up like this and jim i'm sorry i was trying to scroll through to get to the first comment when it interrupted your portion of the show okay Rob B says afraid of what uh yeah that, that's what why most of all bills are passed into law are f you like apollo 13 it's a crap one that was talking about that poison blankets Smallpox on blankets, says Kevin Lewis. Hello, Mr. Lewis. Good to see you, Rob B. COVID equals smallpox. What is he talking about? Kevin Lewis says that was the first recorded biological weapon recorded in the U.S. So is COVID is COVID planned? Says Quail. Let's see, I'm gonna skip through there. Well, lockstep lockstep two agenda twenty-one thirty. Rock landstone. We don't know the origins of COVID yet. It's okay to not know yet. Now I keep hearing from inner circles that that this has not been isolated ever. Yeah, I've seen vials that says this is the test isolation that you should use to test again. So, I don't know. Rock, and Rock says it's normal. Well, oh, the kitties are playing downtown, and they kicked my cord. Okay. I think the narrative is planned, and if you die from starvation to this fraud, the COVID still killed you. I, okay, we understand. Uh, COVID is the common cold. And the big name scared low IQ dummies. Oh, wow. Hey. Huh. Let's see. Uh, let's go real quick. Uh, resting pussy. Gardenia kitty reacts to latest COVID variant thread. Kevin Lewis says, yep, he knows what I'm talking about. He, he went on to say it was Custer and all that. I don't have time for it. I'm about to go over. I don't want to go over. Uh, hey, uh, I called to work today because my coworker was getting her second shot today. I'm very weary and of being in close proximity of her. You should be. Uh, yes, to plan to 201 Singapore, October 18, 2019. There are videos of the meeting. Is that a PSYOP that is working? They called it a simulation. And with that, I'm going to sign off and say thank you very much and be excellent to each other.